Welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with a good mate of mine, Bernie Diamond. Now, Bernie uh, also does a lot of work on radio. Uh, He also speaks quite a bit around the place. He's an author uh, and he's a great man of God. He he heads up uh, Christianity Works. He's got a website uh, that he's done we can talk about as well. Uh, He's just an an amazing, got an amazing story. So I thought we'd kick off the show. Uh, Firstly, uh, Bernie, welcome to History Makers. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm well. I thought we'd kick off the show asking you just a little bit about your uh, story. Now, I know uh, you've, uh, you've been involved in the Army, you've been involved in IT, uh, but you had quite a dramatic uh, conversion to Christ. Tell us about your story. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I grew up in Wollongong, um, just south of Sydney, um, and after I finished high school, I, I went to Duntroon, did four years there, became an officer in the Army. I wasn't a Christian at that point, um, and really my agenda was to make as much money as I could, to be as successful as I could. So I left the Army after 10 years, formed an IT consulting practice with a few of my military colleagues, and we grew that, uh, that, that practice internationally. Um, it became quite large, quite successful, and ultimately we sold that to a public company. In the middle of all that, or towards the end of all that, I had some pretty dramatic things happen in my life. I won't go into details now because it's you know, a couple of decades ago, but I, I had a couple of dramatic things happen in my life. And I've always been someone who's been successful at everything I've done. You know those driven type A kind of people? Well, I'm one of those. Yeah. And, and um, for someone who'd been... In fact, the only thing I ever failed at was... Art in year seven, I got 19 out of 50 because I can't draw for nuts. But other than that, I'd always succeeded at stuff. And I don't say that with any pride. That's just how I'm wired to succeed and to achieve. And, um, and so when things in my personal life kind of fell apart, some of the most important things in my life fell apart, um, it was really tough because I'd never experienced failure. I've never tasted failure at all in my life. Um, and it was in the middle of that, that that I met Jesus. In fact, it was in the middle of that that some people who were Christians, and can I tell you, I really relate to the Apostle Paul when he was sore. I hated Christians. I, I the, the whole goody two-shoes thing just absolutely left me cold. Um, and I was not very nice to the Christians I knew. That's the one thing they all had in common. Yet it was the Christians who came out of the woodwork who gave me somewhere to live, who cried with me, who held me, who were my friends. And, and whilst I don't remember a lot of what they said, I seriously, for all eternity, will never forget what they did for me. And, and that had a powerful impact on my life. And in the middle of great tragedy, in the middle of the darkest times in my life, and we are going back almost 20 years now, um, I gave my life to Jesus. And that is as dramatic as Saul on the road to Damascus, I have to tell you. Those friends who helped me then, who prayed with me, who who gave me my first Bible, who opened their home to me, they seriously cannot believe that God could bring me to him. If if God can touch Bernie, he can touch anyone. And so that's kind of how I came to Christ. And within five or six months of coming to Christ, I found myself at Bible college doing a Bachelor of Ministry degree. Um, and, and I really didn't know my Old Testament from the New Testament whatsoever. I mean, I was coming out completely cold. So that's kind of how it all happened for me. So tell me, when you did come to Christ, uh, mm-hmm. did everyone in your family, all your friends, did they notice the, the, the change in your life? Were you transformed? Yeah, some of the staff in, in the company we had, um, they kind of said, well, 
what's happened to Mernie? He's human now. Because, you know, when, you, when you're one of these driven people, you, you roll over the top of people and you just get stuff done. And, yeah, people really seriously quickly noticed a change in my life. I mean, of course, God doing work in you and cleaning out the mark is a lifelong thing and, and it's still a work in progress. But they, it was a very dramatic conversion. Now, one thing I always love to ask people, you know, with their conversion story is, um, you know, what it was like when you went to church. You know, like my church, we get a lot of unchurched visitors every week. And I'm always very aware that they walk in and there's a different culture and there's music and there's, you know, do they feel welcomed, all that, all that kind of thing. What was your first impressions of church when you walked into it after hating Christians all these years? Being surrounded by them, what was what was it like for you? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I gave my life um, to Christ after a church service that I went to with these friends. Um, but when it came to me becoming um, a member of a church, become part of a church, I found that really hard. Um, I moved to the southern suburbs of Sydney, a little gorgeous little place called Oyster Bay uh, in the Sutherland Shire of Sydney. Um, and I was out for a walk one afternoon, and I walked past this, you know, nineteen. 60s looking kind of Baptist church building with yellow glass. You know, the, the genre of architecture I'm talking about. Yeah. And it, it said Oyster Bay Christian Church, and I thought, well, that could be anyone. You know, that could be the Moonies for all I know. <laughs> and then at the bottom it said um, affiliated with the Baptist Union of New South Wales. I thought, oh, well, that's a known brand. You know, that's, that's, I understand that brand. They're not the Moonies. Um, it looked nice, so I went there. I used to go late and, and, and try and leave early so I didn't have to interact with people. Um, I was really shocked because I didn't know who the minister was because they were all dressed like normally. No one was wearing gowns or anything like that. It is the expectations you come at church with, right? Um, and uh, it, I found it hard at first because it was a very small church. Everybody knew everybody. And I guess I, I wanted to be anonymous for a while, but I couldn't be because it was a small church. But very quickly, I discovered that this was the right church for me because these people just loved me to death. I mean, it, I've been to a lot of churches since. Man, I, I joined a church for a while. It took people 12 months to invite me out for so much as a cup of coffee. Um, needless to say, I didn't stay there. Um, but these people in this church, in Oyster Bay Christian Church, were just awesome people. And it was a big cultural transition. It took me a while not to come to church late and not to leave early. Uh, you know, you've got to speak the language that's easy to understand, all those things. And uh, no, that's, that's good, man. I'm glad, glad to hear uh, you got into church. And how many years ago was that? I'm just curious. I'm just trying to calculate here. I gave my life to Christ on the 15th of October, 1995. And so I first walked into a church you know, to be part of a church early 1996. Yep. Well, it's amazing what God has done with your life. You, you know, you have literally been making history. You've been writing books. You, um, how many uh, How many books have you done now? About seven, I think. Seven I'm books? I'm about to do my next one. Yeah, what's the next one you're working on? The next one is called Dealing with Difficult People. Ah. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was a radio series that I did some time ago, and it was one of those series that the phone just rang off the hook. Um, and because it seems we all have difficult, deep, difficult people in our lives. We had one woman ring up and say, how quickly can you send me the CDs of that teaching? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the next one's called Dealing with Difficult People. Okay, good. And what's your favourite book out of the seven that you've done? I think I'd have to say Having Faith That Moves Mountains. It, it was the most challenging book to write um, because you've got two extremes. On the one hand, you've got the blab it and grab it school of faith, right? Yep. Um, name it and claim it and God will do whatever you want and you go to that end to the extreme and God becomes a performing puppy that, that does the tricks that we want him to do, right? And then the other end, the other extreme is we don't believe God for enough. And so, I mean, Jesus said you haven't received because you haven't asked. 
And so it was really sorting out what I believe God was saying about moving mountains. What can I ask God for? How much faith can I exercise? And the thing that really struck me as I read particularly the gospel accounts and I combed through them is that Jesus never once criticized someone for having too much faith. Not once. He criticized his disciples for not having enough faith, but he never knocked anyone for having too much faith. And I guess that's the cornerstone of my understanding of faith. And all we need, all we need is faith about the size of a mustard seed. That's good, mate. I love it. You know, I've uh, got a whole bunch of uh, friends that are uh, on different extremes of, you know, what they believe about faith and everything. And, um, Bottom line for me is I just know I've got to have more faith in every day in the way I pray and the way I handle my finances, the way I, you know, lead my church, the way I do media ministry. You've got to, you've got to take out, you take bold steps of faith. Otherwise, you, you'll just do the same old, same old, won't you? Absolutely. And, and I, I mean, I think we're meant to live somewhat on the edge. Right? Yeah. I think we as Christians, particularly in the comfortable West, um, get very comfortable with life. And I'm not saying there aren't people going through hard stuff. There are people going through hard stuff. But even a pensioner in Australia is in the top 5 or 10% of income earners in the world. So we are very wealthy and we are very well off and we just get in this comfort zone. And part of when I gave my life to Jesus, I remember really clearly sitting under this gum tree saying, I don't want to be a pew-sitting suburban Christian. I do not want to do that. If I'm going to give my life to Jesus, I'm all in and I want him to make a difference in my life and through my life. Now, let me just pick your brain about uh, the radio programs you do. You do the daily version of A Different Perspective. Is that 10 yeah, minutes a day? Right. That's 10 minutes a day, yep. Yeah, and then Christianity Works. Is that a 30-minute weekly? That's a 30-minute weekly program. Yeah. That's kind of your Saturday-Sunday sermon-type type program. Okay. Is there any other spots that you do? Yeah, I do some short 60-second um, spots yep. um, called Just a Minute. Yep, wonderful. Um, now, what I want to ask you is how do you write those? Do you have a formula? Like, do you do your devotions every morning and read the Bible and then God you know, speaks to you through that and then you launch into your writing? Or, or do you go up to a mountain somewhere and uh, you receive them on two stone tablets? You know, how, how do you receive from God when you're um, writing? I've got a pile of stone tablets in the corner here <laughs> in my office. You know. um, <laughs> well, it's, the first thing is it's what I'm made to do. Yeah. Um, it took me till I was 40 to realize that my shtick in life is to be a communicator. It's yeah. the one thing that God's really gifted me, me with. It's a whole bunch of things I can't do but this is one thing that I can do. I found myself early on in the piece, because I've been doing it now for seven or eight years, I found myself early on in the piece reading the Bible in order to find a message. And so I had to stop doing that. So my personal devotional time, my personal Bible reading is my personal time yeah, with God. Yeah, that's good. Yep. It's not connected so much. Now, that's not to say in three months' time I won't remember what I read about Jonathan in First Samuel and, and use that, which is what I've been doing this morning, but I separate the two. Otherwise, I'm always reading the Bible to find a message yeah, and I'm cool. not feeding myself. Um, beyond that, can I just tell you, it just, it just flows. I've never sat down and thought, what am I going to... What am I going to talk about? What am I going to write about this time? It just never happens that way. Um, I'm always planning well ahead. You know, I'm always planning three, four, five, six months ahead. Um, but it's never really a problem. I, if I get to preach for another 150 years on this planet, I will only have scratched the surface of God's Word. Mm. You know, I have a, it's so deep. It's so rich. There's so much there. Um, and I always begin with the issues of life. There's kind of two ways of communicating the gospel in doing what we do. One is to start with the Bible and say, preach your way through Luke's gospel, for instance. And a lot of people do that, and that's fine. I never do that, because the people who are listening 
a good many of them are not churched. A good many of them don't know Jesus. A good many of them um, have issues in their life, like dealing with difficult people. And so I always begin with the issues and bring them back to God's word. And let's discover together what God has to say and what power God has to speak into our lives, into that particular issue. Now, um, the other thing that uh, I love uh, about your ministry is your websites. Um, I know you've got ChristianityWorks.com, which I've been a a regular viewer of for years. Uh, What's the other one? Is it Who'sJesus.com? Who'sJesus.com, yeah, that's a kind of a video-based website, um, which is is for exploring who exactly, exactly Jesus is. And can I say, I mean, the whole internet web thing has become so incredibly diverse now. I mean, the Christianity Works material is republished on so many websites around the world. Um, I Google it sometimes and I'm, I'm gobsmacked at who is republishing some of our stuff. I mean, oneplace.com in the US, which is one of the most visited Christian websites on the planet, um, take out our material and, yeah, it's just all over the place now. And who'sjesus.com, I know you put a lot of work into building that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just walk us through what that website's all about. Well, what that website's about is it's kind of a video-based interaction for people to discover who Jesus is through through testimonies, through, through videos, through stories, uh, trying to get people to sort of look at Jesus and think about Jesus a little bit differently. I mean, there's a video on there of a doctor who talks about physiologically what happens when you get nailed to a cross and how you die. Because we say, oh, well, Jesus died, great, but we often don't think about what that actually meant for him to die for you and me. And so that's kind of what Who's Jesus is all about, to try and engage people with the story and the reality of who Jesus actually is. Because yeah. brand Jesus is really cool in the market. I mean, brand church isn't cool, but <laughs> brand Jesus is really cool in the market because people recognize Jesus as being a cool person. Yeah, no, that's true. That's good. And I love that, that website. You know, we've got a link to it from the History Makers Radio website. And um, I, I know uh, it's such a great evangelistic tool. And you get people from all over the world looking at that website. Now, yep. for those that are listening that are going, okay, this guy shared his story about how he was, um, you know, a, a uh, you know an army guy. He didn't have any faith. He hated Christians. Then he became a Christian. For those that are listening now that are thinking, you know what, I'm interested in becoming a Christian, I'd like to connect with God, would you speak to them, share, us, share with us what is the gospel? The gospel, they call it the good news. I mean, I, I continually strike that out. I, it's fantastic news. It is awesome news. I mean, all my life, as much as I was successful and made a lot of money and had potential to make more money, there was always something missing and I couldn't put my finger on it. I was never content. I was never satisfied. I I never sat back and went, wow, man, life is just awesome. And the one thing that I was missing that I can look back on now is the sense of a relationship with God. I mean, we're made in God's image. We're made to have a relationship with him. And so many people go looking for that something that's missing in all the wrong places. They look for it in sex or in drugs or in in success as I did or in, in money or we go looking for it in all different sort of ways. But ultimately, there's a God-sized hole in each one of us, and it can only be filled by God. Not by religion. I, can I tell you, I hate religion. I hate... Uh, I'm sorry if that offends people. I just, it just leaves me cold. Um, I, I praise God for people who enjoy ritual, but what, what I really detest is when ritual replaces the relationship that God wants to have with us because it's not about the ritual it's not about going to church it's not about doing the right things it's about having a personal relationship with Jesus and from the instant under that gum tree outside that church in Wollongong that I gave my life to Jesus I have had a sense that God is with me wherever I go every minute of every day no matter how often I blow it 
my God is with me because I put my faith not in myself and my abilities, but I put it in the Son of God who died on that cross, who shed his blood so that I could be forgiven all my sins and who rose again so I could have a new life and that's the life that I'm living now. And for all the tea in China, I would not swap that life. Right. Bernie, I reckon that's the best news I've ever heard. And uh, it's great to see a history maker like you sharing that good news here in Australia and all over the world, mate. So I encourage you uh, to uh, keep up the good work. And uh, what's the best websites to go to if people want to follow up and uh, you know maybe respond to what you've just said? Oh, look, just come to ChristianityWorks.com. It's all one word. Um, and my blog site too, the, the, the main site and the blog site aren't integrated yet, but I'm really enjoying blogging. Blogging is my hobby. And I talk to a lot of people on the blog. Um, it's BernieDiamond.com. So B-E-R-N-I-D-Y-M-E-T.com. And come and let's have a chance to chat on the blog. Well, mate, thank you so much for joining us. God bless. God bless you, mate. Bye. See, mate. Bye. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. And also you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.